changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark, and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And today I'm talking to Melanie Chardoff. You probably all know from her voiceover work in Rugrats and her appearances on Seinfeld and Newhart and dozens of other television shows and films. Now, in addition to being a very well-known actor, she's also an author and has been published in McSweeney's, Funny Times, and now for the third time in Chicken Soup for the Soul. So, Melanie, welcome back to the podcast. It's an honor to be with you, Amy. So good to hear your voice, and it's so good to be part of another uplifting, positive, mental attitude type of book. Well, you are a great storyteller, and we really like having you in our family of storytellers. Now, I know the last time you were on the podcast was something like two and a half years ago, which is way too long. And that was when we had out that book called My Crazy Family, and you had a wonderful story in it about your father. Yes, my parents have given me so much good material. My dad, may he rest in peace, was a really quirky, unusual character. And my story in that book was about the last days of his life in which we finally came to love again after many years of having rocks in our bellies at each other. We finally came to a loving place and we could let go and let each other know that we loved each other. And it was a heartwarming time. I'm glad that he had it with me. I was glad I was by his side. And I have so many stories about my mom who is still with us living in Hamden, Connecticut. She's 96 and very sharp. If she can hear you, she can carry on a terrific conversation. So my next story that I'm going to send to you will be about my quirky mom. Oh, cool. Well, that will be fun. My dad is 91, but he's nearing the end. But I really do pay attention to that whole issue about making sure you don't have any outstanding issues with family members. And so after about 90 years, he finally said, I love you. And I said, I love you to him. So yeah, we're good. We're good. He, he, he said it. I said it. I know it's sometimes tough with those dads to get to that point. We get a lot of chicken soup for the soul stories about that. Well, your story in our latest book, which is called Chicken Soup for the Soul, Age is Just a Number, is a really good lesson for all of us as well about gratitude and acceptance and learning to love those little aspects of aging that we all exhibit. I'm hoping my husband's going to start loving my basal skin cancers that are all over my face. No. You know? Yeah, because they keep, they keep scabbing and getting frozen and it's awful. You know, I always have something gross going on and, and he's like, I love you anyway. Yeah. Well, that's really beautiful. That's truly wonderful. So that. anyway, let's talk about your story because I thought it was so cute that you discovered the little flaw that you needed to love on your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. My husband and I met and married relatively late. I had never been married before, but we met when I was in my mid-60s. And uh, when I turned 65, I had had menopause. I got Medicare. And then he asked me to marry him. So we got married and we were so excited about traveling together because we both loved discovering new places, testing our metal, you know, our adventurousness with new challenges. And as we were leaving from the Los Angeles airport to go to the Czech Republic, he bent over to put a tag on his luggage. And I saw a bald spot in this crop of white and gray and silver hair. And I was just shocked. I had never seen this kind of 
evidence of his possible aging before. So here we were in our first few months of marriage, and I had to deal with accepting this bald spot as the real adventure of our travels, not just the fact that we were going to exotic places and taking long plane rides. And so my story mainly dealt with accepting that we were going to age together. Since we started late, all these little landmarks of aging would come more quickly for him and me. We wouldn't have a 50-year marriage to discover each other in. We were going to discover each other a lot more quickly. And on the flight, I dealt with how much I adored him, how much I loved him for all his flaws and all his uniquenesses. And then when we got to the Czech airport, he bent over and I saw it again. And at that point, I kind of adopted it like it was a baby I didn't know we'd had. It was pale pink and innocent and vulnerable. And I sort of fell in love with the bald spot on the spot and knew that that adventure would be another one I would enjoy traversing with him because he's such a great companion and mate and playmate. So that's kind of the arc of my story. And sure that he's seen little marks of aging in me, but like your husband, he just looks at the light shining through me, less at the exterior qualifications. And that's what real love is, that we love the spirit in one another, the spirit of accepting challenge and rising to each occasion and accepting all the little flaws in each other that make us more lovable. And that they let us know that we have the capacity to love unconditionally. I think these are great earmarks of happiness at this stage and age. Yeah. And every bald spot is like, I put that on the pile. Okay. Now I get to have a matching flaw, you know, but my husband, I I don't know if he's going to listen to this episode or not. Hopefully not. He's got a bald spot that really only shows up if a camera gets him at the wrong angles. I just delete all those pictures. (laughs) He doesn't need to know it's there. You're editing his aging. Maybe if I start looking really bad, I'll start showing him the pictures with the bald spot, right? (laughs) That's a low blow. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I might have to. But at this point, I'm actually lucky because his vision is so terrible that it's fine. He has really bad close-up vision, so he doesn't really see my wrinkles. So sometimes I tell him he should get contact lenses and then I think better of it. I think, no, it's really better this way. (laughs) Right. There are blessings of of maturity, you know, real blessings. And I really, I skimmed through the book when I first got it. And I just uh, was comforted by so many of the stories, people talking about having fender benders and having to deal with the fact that they're not as sharp as they were and maybe having to make adaptations. I think Maureen Rubin's story talks about looking at the bright side of taking the bus. She can read on the bus. There's good company on the bus. She can relax and not worry about the possible, you know, nicks and scratches of driving. And she saved thousands of dollars on car insurance. Then there's another piece in in the book about a woman who turns 87 and starts dating with the prodding of her children who are in their 60s. She decides to go online and actually meets a great companion and has a much happier life, knowing that she's not going to be alone for every exciting moment. She'll have somebody to turn to and say, look, Harry, look at this. So it doubles her joy. And there's just so many great stories, comforting stories. And what I love about them, too, is they're anecdotal. You know, you could read them while you're sitting in a doctor's waiting room. You know, you'll have that five to ten minutes where you can just pick one up and read it. And, 
you know, it's a great boon to have on my shelf. I pull it out from time to time and look at various stories in our other editions too. So um, it's great to be a part of it. I'm so pleased my, my story was included. Well, I was really excited to make Age is Just a Number because I'm 63 and so I'm confronting aging and I really included a lot of stories about how you should continue to step outside your comfort zone like like you do with all the traveling and I know you got an electric car and you know you're always trying new and different things. Yeah. You know, and it's really really fun to do that. I think it is a great book for anybody, even starting in their 50s, just to get a preview of what things are going to be like and to get some great ideas for what to do as the years go on. Because our people who write for Age is Just a Number, they are happy people. Yeah, They're really happy to be 60 in their 60s, their 70s, their 80s, even their 90s, and they are still flourishing. I put in those realistic stories, like the one about the lady who realized she should stop driving because I thought, This is a good example for people also, because that's a problem always, people driving a little longer than they should. Yeah, and it's generally a relief for them when they finally give it up because they become aware they're letting go of a lot of stress they hadn't realized was increasing. The stress of one's peripheral vision perhaps not being as sharp as it was, the stress of bad drivers being aware all the time of possible, you know, being a real defensive driver. There's a lot of stress in that that we're not aware of, that those of us who drive a lot, that there's an adventure in every adaptation. And that's part of maintaining your youth, looking forward to that adventure and not caving in at it. But there's one yeah. woman who wrote about having to learn to Zoom so that she could keep her book club going, her book club and her writer's group going. And the challenges of Zoom, for anybody who's uh, tech limited, were rewarded by the joy of what happened when she was able to pull it off and gather her group together and have the same conviviality and sense of community virtually that she felt she was going to lose when pandemic started. You know, that's a great topic. When we come back from the break, I want to talk about the pandemic and how in some ways it has really energized a lot of us and caused us to try new things and kind of rediscover some of the aspects of our more youthful days. So we'll be right back with more from Melanie Chardoff. We're back with Melanie Chardoff and we're talking about aging and living and how we're adapting to the pandemic. And we're also going to talk about Melanie's next big project or one of her next big projects, which is a book that's coming out in only a couple more months. Yes. So Melanie, first of all, I want to talk to you about the pandemic because we closed out talking about the woman who learned how to use Zoom because of the pandemic to keep her writing group going. And I know I've been learning new things like, hey, baking bread. I now deal with the starter, the tyranny of the starter that's ready. So I have to bake something. And I pulled out the 20-year-old bike and my husband and I are riding our bikes again and we're shooting baskets in the driveway. What have you been doing that's new and different during the pandemic? Well, first of all, I also have learned to be a Zoom adept. One has to be to be part of the world. And uh, it was very intimidating at first, but I've gotten very adept at it now. And I'm actually teaching a lot of classes on Zoom, coaching one-on-one. I'm working with some women in Australia now every week who are in the agricultural real estate business and finding that the businesses are very patriarchal. And it's not that the men are 
holding them down or keeping them back. They're just not accustomed to having strong women. So I work with them every week on being more zoomogenic, meaning to look toward the lens rather than down at where the screen is so that they can make direct contact, more convincing contact with their bosses whom they're seeing exclusively on Zoom for the last few months. So that's one project. I also work with an actor in Atlanta, Georgia, who wants to be a voice star, and I give him a lot of acting coaching. But the main project is I had sold a book just before pandemic began, and suddenly library readings and bookstores are are not accessible anymore. So uh, to sell my book, which is called Odd Woman Out, and Exposure in Essays and Stories, I've been having to give little readings at those little tree libraries that we have here in California. Do you have little teeny libraries on trees in your neighborhood? Yeah, in fact, one was just installed across the street from our office in Cobb, Connecticut, the office I never go to anymore. But there is, oh. there is a library across the street from it. We're going to start dropping lightly used Chicken Soup for the Soul books into that little library. Good idea. I'm going to do the same with my book. My book, Odd Woman Out, Exposure and Essays and Stories, will be out on Groundhog Day. I'm trying to figure out a a tie-in with Puskatani Phil for Groundhog Day. But the main uh, holiday that we're targeting for the release is Valentine's Day. My book will be an ideal Valentine's Day gift for mature singles and marrieds. And um, it deals with 50 years of my life as a performer, a writer, an actor, and little snapshots of my life along the way. It's kind of like a chicken soup for the soul book in that it's anecdotal. So it starts when I'm a little kid, and then there's another turning point in my life when I'm working at Sears on the Post Road in Connecticut. Then there's another turning point when I'm in my first Broadway show, then on my first soap opera, then my first uh, unsuccessful relationship, which was a very big nightmare to get out of. I think a lot of women will relate. And all the mistakes I made at love, which led to me finally having a success at 65. It's a very funny, very poignant and hopeful book. And so I do my little readings at the trees and I'm doing a lot of virtual stuff like talking to you. And um, I'm finding I'm getting very masterful. My husband observed to me that I was actually thriving more during pandemic. I wasn't driving all over town doing play readings, which I enjoy so much. I, had, I didn't have that distraction, so I've really focused on writing and my book, and I'm moving into poetry and getting a lot of that published now. So I have actually done very well, and we have long distance visits. We have visits with friends that are sitting at a distance from us across our lawns, and we wear masks until the vapors settle, and then until it gets colder as it tends to do at night in California. We're having noon and early evening gatherings. We order out food and we sit out there and it isn't as great as being able to hug one another. I have a lot of unhugged hugs in my heart right now. I'm sure you do too. But it's really given us this sense of adaptation and joy and delight. And we sit and we talk and we laugh and it's been pretty kind of revivifying, really exciting. A lot of people we didn't know so well have ventured their way into our long distance visits. And a lot of great discussions ensue. We've invited a lot of the neighbors over who I'm sad to say I didn't know that well. And we've had one-on-one conversations or two-on-two conversations with them. So I have to say it's not as dull as I feared. 
And having to be confined to my office in my yard, I've gotten a lot more writing done than I would have done if I were flying all over town, still being an actor and auditioning and, and doing readings, public readings. I think that's great. It's almost like being in your dorm in college and you make friends with everybody who's around. Yes. And then you have these earnest discussions. Yeah, I like that. I like the fact that you're meeting your neighbors. We've been doing outdoor, distanced on the patio, but basically we keep going into quarantine to see our children because three of our four children have children. So we want to see grandchildren. So we have a one who's about half a year old, one who's a year old, and one who's three and a half, each in a different family. So we're constantly seeing one group, then quarantining because we've seen them. We have to quarantine before we see the next group. Oh. Yeah. But you know what's good? They don't have anything else to do. So they're way more willing to see their boring old parents. Oh, yeah. Well, that's so sweet. I'm so glad. So you're able to sit at a long distance visit from them. Or are they in your safe pod? So We become safe because we quarantine before we see them. And they quarantine also. And so we make our own little pod. We even did a staycation back in October. We did a staycation where even my daughter-in-law's parents came for a night because I knew they were trustworthy because they don't go anywhere either. That's one of the benefits of hanging out with people in their 60s is nobody goes anywhere. Everybody's being safe. (laughs) The only thing we do is see our children. So and they all work at jobs where they can do it from home. So yeah, it's funny. It's a, it's a new, smaller world, but I'm really enjoying the yeah, willingness right. of the kids to see us, which I don't think will persist when the pandemic is over. You don't know that, Amy. Maybe they'll be missing you more often and want that intimacy and closeness and kind of get down silliness that intimacy and closeness provide for us. You know, they'll probably come around more frequently. You'll Maybe see. so. And I think that would be great. Yeah. Well, I'm really looking forward to reading Odd Woman Out. I know you've told me some stories, some pretty wild things that went on during your single years. And are those in the book? Yes. Um, the one about the homing pigeon is one of the funniest and most unbelievable. The book is out on Amazon now in Kindle, so it can be purchased in presale. But the uh, Audible, which I narrated and I highly recommend, will be out in about a month and then the book itself will be out. But these are only for pre-sale, but you can get them for Christmas and you can get them for Hanukkah. And then the book, Tangible Book and the Tangible, if that's possible, Tangible, the Tangible Kindle and the Tangible Audible will be out February 2nd. Well, that's cool. I'm really looking forward to that Odd Woman Out by Melanie Chardoff, who is a really great storyteller and has some really great stories to tell because Melanie, you have led an extremely interesting life (laughs) all over the country doing a lot of really amazing and unusual things. So I think it's going to be great. Well, I want to thank you for joining us today. Of course. It's great to hear your voice, Amy. I've been thinking about you. So I'm so glad to be part of this community again. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you in our little family of storytellers. How can our listeners today learn more about you? Well, they can go to melaniechartoff.com. That's pretty easy. I'm very Googleable and I'm very YouTubeable. I have about 50 YouTubes that were that I was in, if not, you know, that I produced. And there'll be a lot of book promos for my book coming up on YouTube in the next month or so too. Well, that is great. Thank you so much. And for our listeners, thanks for listening today to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Come back next time for a couple of stories that illustrate how some of our best life lessons are the ones we learn in fifth grade 
Melanie, thanks. And I'll talk to you again soon. I hope so. Thanks, Amy. Take good care. Bye. Bye. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.